Welcome to Prism Bible, where we learn the Bible so we can live the story. God has a part for each of us to play, and to understand our purpose, we need to grasp the big, beautiful story that's unfolding in history. Join us today as we meet Isaac's sons, twins born from a barren wife that begin wrestling for supremacy from the womb itself. You're listening to Prism Bible. Rebecca is in labor. Decades after Sarah had given birth to Isaac despite her barrenness, God repeated the miracle with Isaac's wife Rebecca, who was also barren. First, Isaac was the miracle child, and then through Isaac's wife would come two more miracle babies. God is doing something big with this family. Now, after Isaac's wife Rebecca had conceived, she began to notice a lot of motion and turbulence in her womb. So she prayed to the Lord and said, Why is this happening to me? And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. It turns out that Rebecca is having twins, and they're struggling with each other in the womb. God tells her ahead of time that the nation of the older brother will serve the nation of the younger brother. These two babies will come to form two nations, and the older will serve the younger. This is a pretty big statement by God, and we'll begin to discover how it plays out as the story unfolds. After feeling this struggle in her womb for months, it's now time for her to meet her two children, the grandchildren of Abraham and the children of Isaac. So let's go right to where they're born. The first one came out red, covered with hair like a fur coat. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. Esau and Jacob, two brothers who would become nations. Abraham's grandchildren have come into the world. And as we'll soon find out, one of the nations would be the nation so central to the rest of the Bible, the nation of Israel. Now, remember what God said about the nations that would come from these twin brothers. He says that the older will serve the younger. And while this is primarily about the nations that would come from the brothers, we actually see this statement from God play out in the brothers' lives as well. In fact, in the very next scene in the Bible after their birth, we see this theme. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man who stayed at home. Because Isaac had a taste for wild game, he loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. One day, while Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the field and was famished. He said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew, for I am famished. First, sell me your birthright, Jacob replied. Look, said Esau, I'm about to die, so what good is a birthright to me? Swear to me first, Jacob said. So Esau swore to Jacob and sold him the birthright. Then Jacob gave some bread and lentil stew to Esau, who ate and drank, and then got up and went away. Thus, Esau despised his birthright. Now, this may not be immediately relatable to us. What's this birthright that they're talking about? Well, a birthright has to do with inheritance. The firstborn of a household would have a right, 
called his birthright, which conferred something to him consisting of a special portion of assets, privilege, and authority as an inheritance from his father. Esau, being the firstborn of Isaac, would have enjoyed this special place of privilege and inheritance, but as we see, he didn't count it as anything. Instead, we read that Esau despised his birthright and exchanged it for a bowl of stew. He didn't regard the special privileges of the firstborn as worthy of anything. He preferred stew to his birthright. So Jacob bargains this birthright away from his older brother Esau. Already we see the theme developing. The older will serve the younger. Many years later, we see another event with a similar thrust to it. This time, though, instead of the birthright, it's the blessing of their father, Isaac. The words that Isaac would use to confer goodness and favor to the firstborn. Now, these blessings of the fathers in the Bible often take a prophetic tone to them, where the blessings come to pass as if from God himself. How this works isn't detailed anywhere in the scriptures, so we need to just take it as a given in the narrative. What happens here isn't about just a father blessing his sons. It's something much bigger than that. Now when Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son. Here I am, replied Esau. Look, said Isaac, I am now old and I do not know the day of my death. Take your weapons, your quiver and bow, and go out into the field to hunt some game for me. Then prepare a tasty dish that I love, and bring it to me to eat so that I may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening to what Isaac told his son Esau. So when Esau went out into the field to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Behold, I overheard your father saying to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me a tasty dish to eat so that I may bless you in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now my son, listen to my voice and do exactly as I tell you. Go out into the flock and bring me two choice young goats, so that I can make them into a tasty dish for your father, the kind he loves. Then take it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. Jacob and his mother hatch a deceptive plan to get Jacob the blessing of the firstborn, instead of Esau. It's a plan only enabled by the blindness of Isaac, who so desired one last tasty meal. And so within hours, Jacob comes to his father with a hairy skin on to be like his brother, and with delicious food as Isaac had desired. Blind Isaac, convinced by these deceptions, and by the food, grants the blessing of the firstborn to who he thinks is Esau. So Jacob came near and kissed his father. When Isaac smelled the clothing, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, an abundance of grain and new wine. May peoples serve you, and nations bow down to you. May you be the master of your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing him, and Jacob had left his father's presence, his brother Esau returned from the hunt. He too made some tasty food, brought it to his father, and said to him, My father, sit up and eat of your son's game, so that you may bless me. But his father Isaac replied, Who are you? I am Esau, your firstborn son, he answered. Isaac began to tremble violently and said, Who was it then who hunted the game and brought it to me? Before you came in, I ate it all and blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. 
When Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me too, O my father. The ruse of Jacob and Rebekah worked perfectly, and food was the key that unlocked the birthright and the blessing for Jacob. Jacob cooked Esau a meal for his birthright, and Rebekah cooked what Isaac loved to help Jacob trick him. Appetites, it seems, can get in the way of clear thinking. Both Isaac and Esau experienced loss because of their appetites. What we see from this account is Jacob tricking his father Isaac into giving him the blessing of the firstborn instead of his older brother Esau. Despite Isaac's attempt at confirming the identity of his son, Jacob's intent prevailed. And you can see how Isaac and Esau are both distraught when they understand what happened. Jacob has been given the primary blessing from his father, and Esau now has no birthright and a second-hand blessing. Despite the deception of Jacob and his mother, the theme continues in the life of the two sons. The older will serve the younger. Esau, however, is enraged at this deception. Jacob has taken the place of honor despite being his younger brother, which, as it happens, relates to the meaning of Jacob's name. Jacob means something like deceiver and supplanter, and Jacob has lived up to it, having gained both the birthright and the blessing. But now Jacob is on the run, because Esau wants him dead. After fleeing Esau to a land outside of Canaan, Jacob stays away for many, many years. Years in which he gets married, gains great wealth, and eventually decides to head back to the land where Esau is. He hopes that he won't be killed, as his brother intended years earlier. It's in this circumstance, as Jacob's family heads back to Canaan, that we have one of the most peculiar stories in the whole Bible. We see Jacob wrestling, not his brother in the womb, but God on the banks of a river. And so, having sent his family ahead of him, Jacob was left all alone. And there a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob, he struck the socket of Jacob's hip and dislocated it as they wrestled. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? the man asked. Jacob, he replied. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. And Jacob requested, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed Jacob there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, saying, Indeed, I have seen God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Up to this point, Jacob's life has been characterized by a struggle for blessing. He wanted the birthright and deceived his brother for it. He wanted the firstborn's blessing and deceived his father for it. And even in this time away from the land, Jacob had had his own struggles for blessing. It's in this account that we see perhaps his greatest struggle, however. It's a struggle against God for blessing, where Jacob, though prevailing, knows that his life has been spared by God. This blessing of Jacob involves a new name, too. Jacob's new name is Israel, which means something like struggles with God. Jacob's greatest desire in life was blessing, and this wrestling narrative epitomizes his lifelong journey to this point a struggle for blessing. 
Yet this name change signifies something else for Jacob too. Having received God's blessing, he no longer has to struggle for it. Instead, he inherits the great promises to not only his father Isaac, but to his grandfather Abraham. Jacob has become the inheritor of the Abrahamic covenant promises. Those promises of land, seed, and blessing to the world. But the thing we need to take away from this is not that Jacob earned God's blessing through his struggling, but rather that true blessing is a gift from God. Jacob was blessed by God and had his life spared after this ultimate wrestling match. Deceit didn't help him here, and nor did Jacob's strength, which God took away in a moment by dislocating his hip. God simply blessed Jacob despite his serious character flaws. Jacob no longer had to struggle and deceive for blessing. Instead, he would simply receive and be a participant in the blessing given by God. It would be through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that the great blessing to all nations of the world would come. Join us next time as we meet the 12 sons of Israel before we see one son sold into slavery by his brothers. A son who ends up saving his scheming brothers from death by starvation. Don't forget to download the Prism Bible app, our mobile app to help you learn the Bible. In addition to this podcast content, we have Bible readings, summaries, and quiz questions on the app to help you get the most out of every lesson. Prism Bible is a project of the Bible Literacy Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to helping you learn the Bible.